Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited-time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. For those of you who have not read To Save a World or have not seen the synopsis on Amazon. It is a fantasy adventure novel with a romantic subplot where you've got basically four main characters and they're in a post-apocalyptic fantasy world and they they don't start this way, but they end up having to save the whole world. That's what happens. And they also have their path of self-discovery along the way and they grow as people. And I hope that you will enjoy it and I hope that you'll be inspired to read it. I've gotten great reviews thus far. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Hello, this is I Do What I Want. First episode with me, Hollis Joe McCullum, author of To Save a World. I am here with my best friend of nearly 30 years. <laughs> and her name is Ashley. And hello, hello. Hi, Ashley. Hello. What's up? Hello, how are you? Mm-hmm. Good. It's good. New, new for us in this medium. Actually, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is the whole new level of FaceTime here. Basically, we are going to be talking about the book To Save a World, which I wrote and published in 2017. I wrote it for a while before that. It took me a bit. I was slow. and uh, But it was sprung up because... It was sprung from a Dungeons and Dragons game that Ashley and I played way back in 2007. One of many. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember 2007? Dude, this is, this game is like really old. Uh, yeah. No, it is. <laughs> I can't remember like much of last year, let alone 2007. So that's what I have you for. Yeah. Hence well, why you wrote this whole thing down. Yeah. That's why, that's why I write. That's why I write things down. I mm-hmm. remember. I remember yeah, them. I, that's that's, that's me. So so basically, we're we're going to talk about behind the scenes and how the book came to be, why why it was a story. So basically, yeah, we're we're really big nerds, and we play D anD D, and we've been playing D anD D since we were kids. That's right. Yeah, since we were what I was what, you were eight nine nine. I met you when you were nine. Okay. I'm a, a year and a half, almost two years older. So I was like 11. Once and again, you're the source of truth here. So <laughs> I sort of vaguely remember. My things are all visual. Like I'm not going to remember data points of when things happen, but yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell you that it was like a rainy Tuesday back in like 1994 or I don't know, some nonsense. Yeah. So we did that and we've always just had a lot of fun. It's it's a fantasy novel for those of you who have no idea that's based in a world called Rashan. And I specifically remember that when we sat down to do this one, this was the first game that I recall that we actually drew a world map for it before we started the game. Which just really helps everything make sense. It does. So, yeah. It does. Do you remember that when we sat down at your, like you had just, 
and keep in mind, this is like when a lot of, when you, you had just gotten some new illustrator software on your computer and mm-hmm. you were, I think about to graduate college or had just graduated college. And you were like, we're going to use my new illustrator software. And you sat down and like, it sounds we, like me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that I've always had a fascination with drawing little tiny mountain ranges and tiny trees, you know, Bob Rossing it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, I, that was part of the fun for me is the visual planning guide to what was about to happen. Yeah. I think that we're pretty cool in our own special way. And I did enjoy, yeah, we created the map, but that was like the first thing. And we named the world, which we, I don't know if we've even done that since this game. Mm, no, we must've been pretty serious. Must yeah. Something must've like, I don't know, outside influence must've happened or something where we said, we need to name everything. We do. Yeah. Yeah. We named towns. We, we, we got, we got down to business in a way that we usually do not mm-hmm. with the beginning of this game. And a lot of it I think is because this 2007, it was right when I had moved back to Georgia. So I had, I personally had just gotten divorced <laughs> and I had initially moved to live with my my sister and my grandparents for six months. And then after coming, because I was in the Czech Republic when I was married, when I came back, like you and I, of course, we'd been friends and been in constant contact, but we obviously hadn't been able to play D&D like we had been doing no, for most of our friendship. We were, we were writing a story back and forth to each other through email. Right. And it was yeah. a good story and we never finished somewhere. it. Yeah. I do too. I think it's on like the old laptop that's, I have never thrown away. I'm going to dig it up and send it to you after this. Okay. You do it. Yeah. Cause that was, yeah, yeah, that, that was, that was a good story. Honestly, yeah. we should probably keep doing that. Mm-hmm. That was a good book, but we were, we were really, I think we were just so excited to play again and like sit down and we're like, let's create a whole world. We're going to name the world. And then like we do at the beginning, we always come up with our characters. And why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came up with Yoselin, who is the, you know, purple-haired she-demon? I don't know. I think in a weird way, and you and, you and I have talked about this a little bit, in some ways, like, you're, of the two of us, like, you're, like, the curvy one. Like, you know, the, like, attitude curvy one, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's weird that, like, that that was what... I feel like Yoselin more embodied, like, your body type in a way than when I was thinking about her. I don't know why. I can't remember why I made her a demon. It's just, like, maybe... For funsies. Yeah. Or maybe we set the... Sometimes we do that. We set premises for D&D games before we actually start doing character development. But, um... Yeah. I don't remember if we did that for that game or we both just kind of were like on the same wavelength that time. No, I think we just decided it was going to be a fantasy world and do it. Like we, I, a lot of the time we'll just say you have to stay within the boundaries of sci-fi or fantasy or whatever, whatever genre we choose. Mm-hmm. And I think that this time around we didn't sandbox ourselves too much. We just said fantasy world, boom. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that was that. I, I just remember I loved just I love drawing her like it just and I don't know for anybody you know for the folks listening to this Hollis and I both started drawing together I guess basically since we met and Mm -hmm. we used to just do all these character character studies 
We could call if them we that. If we want to call it that. That'd be cool. We used to just draw a lot of cool looking people and be like, she's going to have orange hair and purple eyes. And I don't know. We got. I was trying to give us a little bit of street cred calling it character studies. Hollis, you just blew that out. It was character studies. Street cred. My bad. Yep. At the age of nine and 11, we knew how to do character studies and we were very, very professional. You did have a drafting table. I did. Thanks, parents. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> so. um, no, but I don't know. She, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed drawing her. And um, she was a little unlike other characters that I had played in the past games where she was just a little bit more sassy and a little bit more does what she wants, kind of doesn't take no for an answer. And that was a little different, um, which is kind of, it's interesting how she and then your character, Ethne, kind of co-op like how they coexisted together and became friends so right and it was well and when I was creating Ethne who is the very much you know you say Yoselin is more like my body type Ethne is much more lithe like you you know Mm -hmm. she's a little bit not that you're super tall in real life you're five foot six but you're five ten yes you're five (laughs) you're taller than me I I am yeah I am like Five three and three quarters. I'm almost five four. I'm, yeah, I'm close. Yeah. I get. I'm close to it. Yeah. But yeah. And, and Ethne was, you know, more slender and and just like lean muscle and tall and you know long red hair with green eyes. And she was an elf mm-hmm. or is an elf because I'm still writing her. That's I'm writing the sequel. She's alive. Mm-hmm. And so is Yoselin. But it was and her personality was a little closer to yours. She was still hugely independent and wanted to to be herself and and be be liberated but she also was a little less in your face about it yep <laughs> you know she, she Which, wasn't so yeah. a, a direct uh, like Yoselin is very direct like like it, we we basically mirrored each other in our characters yep which, which was is, i don't think we've done that before no i don't think so and more it, sense I, and maybe that's why this game was so maybe that's why this game stuck with me more and it was it's one of our better games and we've played over 60 dang i think oh yeah so We're, Hollis and i have a a paper and it's laminated well the first one is it's front and back we actually have list of all of the thing the D&D games we've played mm-hmm. yeah front and back yeah but it's not digital, of course. It's handwritten. That's how I do. Because I don't know why that just never happened. But hey, whatever. <laughs> yes. Well, and then we also have, because it was, it's, it's got a romantic subplot. Because all of our D&D games have romantic subplots. Because that's how our world works. And it's so much more fun. We have the adventure, blah, 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 big bads and things like that. But... What fun is it if you're not falling in love? So. I don't know. And I don't know. I don't think I've ever talked to any other female-only D&D groups, if that's, like, a thing. I don't, I don't know. know if that ex- – does that exist? Well, our version, question. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we – uh, well, I mean, and I, not to my knowledge. I I haven't done any research, but, like – and, and to be fair, we're saying Dungeons and Dragons, just for lack of a better term, we are not following – any of the rules for the classic Dungeons and Dragons, which are a lot of rules. We don't do any of that. None of that. We, we, I think it'd be cool if anyone listening to this does have romantic subplots in their D&D games. 
ping Hollis. Yep. Because we yeah, want to talk to I think to so. I know I've played D&D with another all-girls group before, like one time, like a little mini quest. I didn't have nearly as much fun. It boom. Was, boom. Not nearly as much fun. <laughs> psh, psh. They they didn't know how to play. No, they knew how to play. But, um, but it was, and they they were into like having more trysts. Yeah. Well, then no, they were into trysts. They weren't into into having like long term relationship romantic subplot. You and I go for the long term. Like we're falling in love. This is this is your forever person. And when you mm-hmm. begin the game, like. We we choose our guys, so to speak, before we start each game. And in this, and what a lot of, you know, readers, and of course, I'll never rewrite these characters, but like the characters of Darian and Aram have been reused <laughs> many, many times in many different games because we've got types. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just like comfort zone. Like, it just is the same sort of like, it's how you take the familiar and then twist it into something unique each time. So anyway, it is. And and I think that you and I are both kind of by default, very loyal people. And we're both very long term relationship people. And we like what we like. I mean, you've been with Joey since the year 2000. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I've been I mean, well, Gunner and I don't have quite that track record yet. We'll we'll get around. But yeah, I met him older. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I mean, I've been I've been in a relationship for for eight years now, and yeah, I'm not not. It's both married. It's not chump change, Hollis. No, it's not. No, it's, no eight, eight years is good. I'm happy about it, and uh, you know, married for two two. <laughs> there you go. I figured it out. Okay. I have to remember my anniversaries now. But I mean, but outside of romantic subplots, we also just do silly nonsense during some of these things. So, uh, so during some of these game sessions, I guess. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, and that's one of the things that thank you Ashley for bringing me around to the talking point and thank <laughs> you for welcome. reading the outline. You're awesome. One of the things that like notes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, notes. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Papers and scratches and whatever. But one of the things that is fun is, of course, when translating a D&D game into a novel, I definitely it couldn't all make it in. And frankly, like a lot of that stuff didn't make any sense, but it was so much fun to play. Like when we got snapped into basically Hawaii, present oh, day Hawaii. About that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we were maybe it was like winter time and we were cold and we were thinking, "Oh, let's just let's make it warm and sunny in uh I don't know what, yeah, anyway. I'm sure that was it because you know me because I I write everything down on our little list. Uh we started the game mm-hmm. in August of 2007. 2007? Yeah, we started the game in the summer. Mhm. July or August. And then we actually, and it was a seven month long game. The game didn't end until early 2008. So around the point in the game where we were like, let's go to Hawaii. Uh, we, we definitely would have been like November, December. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) what happens with seasons, the reverse way we'll be in the middle of, you know, Georgia heat and, and thinking, Oh my gosh, I just really want it to be fall and just like throw the characters into, oh, all of a sudden it's 
it's fall. I don't know. So yeah. And it yeah. was, and it was so that's, that's part of the fun of fantasy and D and D is we were like, well, the magical stone of Elysius, which if you read the book is this, you know, big magic stone that that's imbued with a lot of power. And like, they basically got slammed up against a tree or something in the game while we were in pursuit of the, of the main big bad. And it snapped us all into an alternate dimension, which was earth, Hawaii, and we were suddenly a bunch of elves. Well, no, we weren't elves when we got snapped. We we like became human when. Oh wow! Yeah, I think we it's we can do what we want. We're the we're the gods of our own world, so we just <laughs> decided. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we we wanted to go to Hawaii, and we ended up working at a resort, and then. To get really into left field, the way we got back is there was a witch who turned Ethne and Yoselin into kittens. Oh, my God. That's and, right. Yeah. This and is we- why I was excited when you said you were writing the book. Because <laughs> in my mind, yes, sometimes, you know, if, if the two of us are left to our own devices and it's, you know, two in the morning and we're like, oh, this sounds like a great idea. And then come to find out mm, it makes zero sense. So when you wrote the book, you just cleaned all that up, just omitted it. And then, just, and then my, my version of the whole thing is the book. Like that's what I remember. And that's what I'm going with. So, right. You forgot about the kittens. We, we know um, I remember yeah. the kittens cause who forgets about kittens, but I mean, we just, basically, I think that we wanted to have the stupidity of like, what do we do with our tiny paws? And playing that out was actually a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. If you guys, if anyone out there is a role player to having your character turn into a kitten and then figuring out how to communicate with the other characters is hilarious and adorable Mm -hmm. and is a lot of fun to play through. It doesn't have to be kittens. It doesn't have to be kittens, but I mean, we actually have used that same device a few times since. I think that was the first time we decided to, but we got changed into foxes in another game. We, yeah, we tend to like reuse if we come up with something that we haven't done before, we'll reuse it a couple times in a subsequent game and then it'll, we'll get tired of it and we'll stop. So, yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes we go back to it. There's, there's a lot of, cause we thought it was awesome. It was. <laughs> and then we're, sometimes, sometimes it was a fail. So, oh, it was oh, awful. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. We were just, oh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the thing that we plan the hardest that we're like, this is going to be the best idea ever. And we'll like really map it out and mm-hmm. we plot it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we start into, and we are like, this kind of sucks. I don't like doing this anymore. No, I know. No. And we're like, uh, and we get out of that situation. And all of a sudden, like we just find a quickie way out and we're done. Yeah. Done with it. But did you uh, feel weird leaving any of those that kind of thing out of the book as you were writing the book? You're thinking, oh yeah, this happened then, but I'm just gonna leave it out. I kind of did. A part of me wanted to have an homage to it mm-hmm. in a in a sense, which I guess this podcast is now the homage, but it was fun, so I wanted to I, I, I briefly considered turning Mm -hmm. us having a witch turn us into kittens just on Rashawn. I I had already accepted that we could not be in Hawaii in the book that the characters could not go to the alternate dimension of Hawaii, USA, you know, but when you're, when you're actually writing a book and being a Uh big girl, you, Uh it's those inside jokes that may make friendships uh, unique and special, right? Everybody has those. I hope so. 
I hope so with their friends. And they don't make any sense to anyone else, but to the two of you, just you will keep laugh on hysterically. doing it. I know. Yep. Yeah. You'll laugh hysterically. And that is the best part. But yeah, when we were playing the game, do you have any other special, like other, I mean, I know you're saying it's the memory of the book, but is there, are there any other minor things like, I remember in the book, which I actually still logged this one away for possible future books because it actually, it was a good, like, so the character of Aram is a werewolf. He controls himself. He's a very well-disciplined werewolf. But in that game, we actually had a ghost possess him. I was going to say that was, yeah, that was the only, the ghost scene or whatever we want to call that was one that I remember actually pretty well, all things yeah. considered. <laughs> it was terrifying for the characters. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. yeah cause I'm he's- easily terrified. So I think I was actually terrified while we were playing that. I might have been. I was scared too for our characters. I mean, we obviously we, we could control whatever happened, but you still like much like it, it, the characters sort of run off like feral children sometimes. And even though you're the one who's pulling the puppet strings, it's, it just, things happen. I don't, I can't explain yeah, it. I can't explain it either. Maybe for people that are part of a creative process, like if you're, so I used to do design work, right? So if you're doing a design, you don't know exactly how it's going to come out. And yes, your hand is the one moving and creating the piece of art or whatever it is. But how you get to that final stage, I don't know that you just don't know how it kind of, it just freeform happens sometimes and you don't know how you did it. Yeah. And, and that, that scene with the, the ghost, cause it was the character of Aram himself is very much lear- over years, many years has learned to be disciplined and control the wolf and not be dangerous. But then when he was possessed by the ghost and the ghost chose him cause he was the most powerful one. And we were all locked inside the haunted house. Like we had stopped in this abandoned house along the road. We were like, cool shelter for the night. And then, like, everything locked down on us because the ghost was like, awesome, victims. And it just started possessing each of us. Or it possessed, I forget who, who else, like, I don't know over who it possessed first. I'm, yeah, I don't recall. Maybe had it possessed Darian at some point. I don't know. But it basically, it possessed Aram, realized he was the most powerful one. And Aram turned into a werewolf, like, the ghost made, and he, like, he tried to attack us and possibly kill it like we almost we almost killed ourselves in the game (laughs) but not um, really everyone not really (laughs) not really no it was but it was it was terrifying Mm. it was scary and then we and it had nothing to do with furthering the plot it had everything to do with we and I'll do this. I am the person in our D and D games that it's like if because I'm into the paranormal stories and ghosts and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And every now and again, I'll just be like, "Let's have a haunting." <laughs> and then I'm the one with my fingers in my ears saying, "La la 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 la." I don't want to do that, but <laughs> fine, yeah. we'll do it. You know? Yeah, fine, fine. I think in another game, I had like a, someone a, refle- a person behind, appear behind you while you were looking in a mirror, and then you turn and they weren't there, and you were like, "I hate you so." much right now (laughs) 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 yeah because it i just i'm such a chicken i just can't handle (laughs) it's like oh so like i'll ask hollis for scary story synopsis like or synopses 
Oh yeah, like the movies and things yeah, like I'll that. Yeah, like, she'll movie. say, "Oh, I went to go see this movie and it was really, really scary." And I'll say, "I want to be prepared. I just want to know what happened." And she'll sit there and like detail out the story for me. But you, to hell if I'll watch it. I'm not no. going to watch it. And I do try to omit like. Like I glaze mm. over the worst. I tried. No, mm. I do. You don't know how scary those movies are because you don't watch them. Mm. I try to omit the worst parts of it a little. Uh-huh. But I have a very, very like clear memory of you telling me about some plot point in The Grudge. And I just remember thinking, oh, oh God. And I've made up a visual in my head, of course, because, you know, we're both very visual. We are. Our imagination is very robust i guess yes. i don't know robust so, potent something i don't it's know it's just strong like we can yeah. i can picture things really clearly in my head and they just kind of it's easy to go down that route i guess but it hence is. why D works because mm-hmm. role-playing for some people is really really difficult it is so the actual writing of the book because it was year, no it wasn't years later it was like a year later i sat down and decided to write it yeah i, I yeah i kind of remember it being close relatively close to after finishing that yeah and it was yeah 2008 because i I watched becoming jane that jane austen movie with anne hathaway and james mcavoy Mm -hmm. and yay james mcavoy yeah yeah awesome (laughs) um but i i was just like randomly watching that movie one day and it sounds weird or cliche, perhaps, to be inspired by Jane Austen to write. Mm-hmm. But then after watching that movie, I just sat there and I thought, I really love writing. I should write something too. I should write a book. I should mm-hmm. write a book. Mm-hmm. And so I, I actually, and I always have um, leather bound, like little like journals because they're beautiful and I'm very obsessed. And now I have a use for them. Mm-hmm. Um and I had a, like a, just a beautiful journal that was empty and pretty on my shelf and I picked it up and I, I just thought that D&D game was so fantastic and we had so much fun and it had a really clear defined plot line. And we actually got through the plot line. Which is also rare. <laughs> so it is. We get distracted a lot. Uh-huh. And we'll switch out plot lines occasion once, only once, switch out characters. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yep. R.I.P. Tita. I don't know that you ever told me that you were inspired by thinking about Jane Austen, which is very you. Like to be inspired oh. by a classic author, like classic literature, I guess. Hmm. I just feel like that's you. So. Oh. Yeah, I guess so. Well, and I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that Jane Austen is my favorite author. I do enjoy her books, but she is one of my favorite writers in the sense of how she uses the English language. Her books are great and I enjoy them very much, but the way that she uses the English language is so beautiful to me and I enjoy her perspective Mm -hmm. and, and her life is I mean, it's not like a crazy, thrilling life by any respect, but it's an interesting life. And mm-hmm. and it's and she was a very interesting person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I guess I I'm surprised I I don't know. Yeah, but that was that's what that's what kickstarted me into into actually sitting my butt in a chair and starting to write, which is well, writing tip number one for anyone is like, mm-hmm. number one, sit down, start writing. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> like, so I actually get emails from people sometimes, and I love it. You know, please email me on Instagram. Any anyone who wants to write a book and wants to know how to do it, but like, I'm just going to tell you: sit down and write, like mm-hmm. dedicatedly. Like, if you have to make a plan, make a plan. But like, get your butt in a chair, get in front of computer slash note slash journal, and 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 start it. Because if you just sit there concepting, you'll never get anything done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but which I, I'm a pantser in the writing world. I, which is, there are pantser. Oh, so in the writing world, we have plotters and pantsers and some people are a mix, but I am a pantser and Stephen King is a famous pantser. This is sounding really weird. If I don't know what this means, it's just like by the seat of your pants. Mm. So a plotter will meticulously map out every detail and outline their book and like all outline every chapter, blah, 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 blah. Me, the outline for a 500 page novel (laughs) will be, uh, I could fit it on a napkin. Yeah. Cause I'm, I, I just, I just kind of go, okay. Um, what are my main milestones that I'm going to have to hit? Mm -hmm. You know, this is my villain. This is the 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 instigation of of quest or whatever, and then like maybe two other things, and the how however whatever has to be defeated or solved by the end, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I just sit down and I figure it out as I go. <laughs> I don't. I just completely wing it, and and that's that's a pantser. Uh, so so yeah, that's. If you if you're a plotter, I don't have a lot of really good advice for you. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but, got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, but that's that's the two there. But it's it took me four four years to write it because I was not doing it dedicatedly. Number one, I I was writing for fun at first. I wasn't writing thinking that I was going to publish. Mm-hmm. And then, and so I was just like carrying it around and I was writing the story down and I was thinking, oh, this will be cool. And I was actually initially thinking that when I finish it, it would be really cool and I'll make a copy and like go to Kinko's and like make a copy of it and like find it by hand and give you your copy and be like, this was one of our D&D games once. And like, it would yeah. just be like a book that we could both have. That's what I kind of, that's how I thought of it too. When you were first started it, I thought, oh, this would be cool. You know, it's, it's, you're getting to work on writing, which I already knew, obviously I knew you loved. And then, yeah, I just, I didn't think that it would turn into a book. And I think in some ways, if I'm being totally honest, like it was also once <laughs> once I realized it was going to be a book because like Dungeons and Dragons, like D and D has been so it's such a private part of life to me. Like, yeah, I don't even think my husband really like gets it. You know? Mine doesn't either. No, Gunner so, doesn't. no. So it's just when you said, Oh, I'm going to actually publish this. I thought, okay, cool, cool. And then I think my parents read it. Yeah, they did. Uh huh. And yeah. I mean, yeah, it was just, parents. I don't know if they ever really, I don't know. I'm, now I'm going to go ask them. I'm having dinner with them tonight. I'm going to ask, how did you feel about that? So, but no, I think it came out really well. And, um, but it is really cool that there's so many different people that are enjoying it. So I thank you. I, I do too. And it, it's, 
it is, it's very personal for me too. And I, uh, you know, wouldn't divulge all of our crazy secrets, of course, because those are our secrets and sure. keep them, keep yeah. them forever. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I it, it is. write them down so I remember what they were. Just kidding. <laughs> well, hey, maybe, you know what, like my, well, you know what, maybe another book, because the books I've written since To Save a World have not been D&D campaigns, yep. but honestly, there have been a few other D&D campaigns that we've done that we have followed the plot. Mm-hmm. We've, we've, which again, we didn't always, like, sometimes we got a little bored of the main vein of the plot and we would just change gears completely or just decide it wasn't that important. Yeah. <laughs> and go off and go play on an island somewhere, you know, whatever. But it was, yeah, it, it's, it, it's definitely fun though, to look back, especially into save a world and, and see, and after, you know, and see all of our little nuanceful things, because there are so many nuanceful things in To Save a World that are private jokes between the two of us. Like, the fact that I always, readers might notice that I never, ever mix up adjectives for Ethne and Yoselin. Ethne is always the feisty one. Yoselin is always the sassy one. And that was something that we did in the game for whatever reason. Uh, we always were just like, that one's feisty, that one's sassy, full stop. And and I, and that, and that's just one of the, and it's a tiny one, but there, just certain scenarios, certain things that the characters do and say that, uh, you know, You'll never know our secrets. <laughs> but then, no, and then I published it, and and it's not a huge hit or anything, but I've got a lot of great, I've got a 4.8 stars on Amazon and Goodreads. That's right. That's Go me. Right. Yep. And people, people who don't even know us or have ever even, like, they actually bought my book, like, in Canada from Amazon or something like don't having no idea who, who we are in, in real life peoples. They have asked me for sequels. You know, they, they wanted to, I finished the story, but they wanted to find out what happened next. They were like, so these characters are still alive. Yeah. Now what? Now yeah. I'm like, uh, they get to live happily ever after, which is kind of the end of all of our D and D games. Um, <laughs> it's like, yep. Yeah. Just like, and living happily ever after. And they're like, no, they still have a lot of life to live. And I'm like, yeah, but now it's happy. The end. And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, I fine. I think it's nice of you because I'm sure that a lot of authors get that, right? That yeah. you have to end the story somewhere and there's not always going to be a sequel. Um, But yeah, how nice that you listened. And you're going to make another one, so... I am. I'm almost done with it. I'm like this close. Final chapters. But, you know, to do that, then I had to disrupt the lives of our characters again. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot, readers. Now, <laughs> Ethne and Yoselin and Darian and Aram have trauma beyond the trauma they've already suffered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is that is the life of a book character. Unfortunately for the book characters, they don't yeah. they don't have a lot of um, easy life and on it yeah and, and i mean it's been uh sorry i'm looking at my notes now we can cut that part 
(laughs) (laughs) But overall, like years later, now that the book has been published, you've read it, your parents have read it, my parents have read it. Aunts and uncles and cousins have read it. Friends. Yeah. People we don't know. People we don't know. Mm -hmm. How do you you feel about things in the book now? I mean, are you talking about the ending? Are you talking about just the book being completed and, you know, it's been, I don't know how many, when did... When did you publish the book? What year? Twenty seventeen. It's been that's right. It's okay. been like four years. Yeah. So or five years. Yeah. Can you clarify what you mean? I mean, I mean both. Well, dang, Hollis. Dang. Okay, fine. So the on the outcome on the outcome of the book. I mean, we tend to rush through endings um, when we're doing games. So. I think it was, I appreciated, obviously you had to do this, but how you carried things through and then closed it out in a much nicer way than I think that we did at the end of the game. So that was, I don't know, I I thought that was definitely how you cleaned the whole thing up overall. I felt like that was one of the advantages of you taking this project on. So yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, because we do. We rush. We yeah, we really do. We just rushed through the end of another game. Mayor. Mm, yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, we did. We we're just like and the end, and we do like a brief summary, and and then we're like, nah, I'm done with this now. Moving on. I don't know why, <laughs> but yeah, this seems to be a repeat pattern thing. But yeah, well, we're we start to get excited about making new characters. I think. Yeah. yeah. What's your takeaway on the outcome of the book? I I felt a little like I, I I think I felt better having given them a a more solid end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, not not end. That sounded a bit dire. God, I ended them. No, I the, the more yeah, a more solid um, aftermath because. So, so I guess I agree in that sense, and that except I'm the one who did it. But I, I enjoyed, for me, writing the characters and talking about how how each of them existed. And I don't want to do any spoilers in case people want to read the book. Available mm-hmm. on Amazon or wherever books are sold, you can order it. Anyway, um, you can. Uh, yeah, it was nice to suss out and give like Jeeve and you you really actually found out what happened emotionally to the characters as as well as what they did with their lives. Cause we do, we rush through the game and like in our own heads, we finish it, I think. You mm-hmm. like you probably had your own ideas about whatever happened with Yoselin's life and whatever but and of course i made up what 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 happened with her in in aram but um we like i com- we complete our own thoughts without verbalizing them yeah in the games but with the book it was really nice to humanize them more mm-hmm. and and just make them more real in the sense that you actually understood how they truly felt uh, it was a nice like i felt which was it was why I was surprised so many readers asked for a sequel, 
because I was like, oh, I really closed that chapter, right? You know, I really, I really finished that one. Now I, because I, I finished it in a way that, that we didn't in the game. <laughs> but then everyone was like, you didn't finish this. And I was like, no, I did. No, Look. you did. No, I think you did. It's just, you just get attached to, if you, if it's a book you really enjoy, you know, you get attached to the characters and even if they really summarized and like gave you the an end point, people just want more. Yeah, they do. That's, I think that's kind of normal. So. Well, and I think that's kind of wonderful. That's, I'm very glad people wanted more and enjoyed the characters enough to, to want to like be like, what did they do next? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I guess they, I guess they got married and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, well, and, and of course, I made it up, and now I'm almost done writing it. And they um, opened a llama farm. Oh, damn! Why didn't I put that in the book, Ashley? No, why God. didn't you put that in the book? Put it in the next book. Yeah, At the end of the book, they have a bunch of llamas wander onto their property, and they decide to have a llama farm. That's right. That's exactly what happens. I'm just going to have, they live on the edge of the woods, like right on the edge of the city. Perfect. So yeah, perfect for a llama farm. Perfect. And it's a fantasy world. We can, I could do literally whatever I want. That is so much fun. That's I, the that's, cool part about, I imagine, being an author. So And playing D&D. And that too. Yeah. Just be like, this is it. Um, and then <laughs> who, so, and this is a, if, like, I don't know. So when you were playing the game, mm-hmm. and you can include Yoselin in this, obviously she was your character in the uh-huh. game, but was she, who, was she your favorite character while you were playing the game? And if so, or, well, yeah, who was your favorite character while you were playing? Blah. And then who, and then when you read the book, did you have a different favorite character? after after the fact like was it because it was years later that it was published too yeah. it was 10 years later that the book yeah. was published i think i mean definitely yoselin was my favorite character while playing the game because i was playing that was my role-playing i don't know persona whatever yeah um but i think reading the book it removes that that persona aspect from that character. So she was not my favorite character in the book. My favorite character in the book was probably either Darian or Jeeve. Ooh, not many people pick Darian. I'm glad you picked Darian. Well, okay. So <laughs> the, or Jeeve. Or Jeeve. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we've, we've had like a Jeeve-esque persona in other games and so it was nice to like give that character some love i think but um yeah but yeah yeah i'm i'm gonna have to agree with you i while we were playing because i was ethne i you know she was my favorite while we were in in the trenches so to speak but then jeeve honestly like jeeve is absolutely my favorite character in the book um i also really loved him Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know a lot of other people that I've spoken to who you know had no they they were like oh we couldn't really bond with Tim because he was just like this this wizard who he he was a plot driver mm-hmm. uh, you know he he drives the plot you didn't get to know him quite as deeply but as the author who 
was thinking about his motivations and and um, inside Monty Python jokes as to why he's named Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to talk about that with like, okay, all these character names are like sort of complicated. Yoselin, Darian, Ethne, and Aram. Not normal yeah. names. And then you get to Tim. Tim. Yes. Why? Because you explain well, that one. Yeah, you know this one. So for those of you who were denied the wonder of Monty Python and the quest for the Holy Grail or the Monty Python group in general, the British sketch comedy group from the seventies, like John Cleese is an original member. The Cleese, the John Cleese. Um, They, uh, yeah, there was a scene in the Monty Python, the quest for the Holy Grail. And um, well, and it is John Cleese. Who's the sorcerer as well. He's Tim. Oh, I didn't. I didn't remember that. Yeah, but yeah, that he's yes, Tim. I'm thinking about it now. Yeah, yeah. and he's Lancelot, which was I my favorite. Yeah, but yeah, uh, we loved Tim growing up, and we used to mimic. And my dad used to mimic because my dad kind of looks a little like John Cleese. Yeah. So just a bit. So just um. Bit. Anyway, he used to run around the house doing British voices and pretending to be Tim the sorcerer. Yeah, when Tim the sorcerer, when they come up, he's this like, great mighty sorcerer, just like randomly doing firebolts mm-hmm. into mountains for no reason at all. That's mm-hmm. that's part of the enjoyment and the comedy of it all, mm-hmm. is he's just like, pow, 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 for no good reason. <laughs> and he walks up and he's this like, I am an enchanter. And they're like, what is your name? Oh, great and wondrous enchanter. And he's like, there are those who call me Tim. It's just like the delivery was so good. <laughs> it was. And I cannot, I am not doing that any justice at all. Cause he said watch he has the, this, watch the clip on YouTube. Yeah. Like go to YouTube, just, you know, sorcerer Tim and you will see, cause he does it like he's speaking so boldly and with so much bravado. And then when he says there are some who call me and then he pauses and it's almost like a question, mm-hmm. like he's just coming up with this name on this fly. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to tell these guys my real name, uh, Tim. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to what, I wonder if that was part of the, I don't like the impromptu kind of acting or I don't know. It would be interesting to look at yeah. It didn't well in in the Tim thing, I almost renamed him because we he was Tim in the game because mm-hmm. hilarious. Mm-hmm. But then I was concerned about copyright mm. when I was writing the book and I decided to publish it. I was like, oh crap, do I need to change his name? And and I tried to find other things that sounded just as funny to me, like Jim or I don't to hear your other options. <laughs> I didn't really have a lot of other options because like, nothing else is as bad. Like I think I had Larry in uh, there. It was stupid. Like nothing was nothing worked. Like Tim worked. And Alice tried two names and then said, "Tim, it is." <laughs> Tim. Well, no, I tried two names. I was like, "These all suck." I am uh, going to look up the copyright law. Not and that those names don't suck. They don't suck. No, but they suck for the context. It was the context of the humor and everything that I was going for. And after I looked that up, I I looked it up and I didn't have to worry about copyright because the movie was like made in 1976 or 78 or anyway, all all of the naming copyright, they never actually copyrighted that. I could totally have a wizard named Tim. Everything's fine. <laughs> Crisis averted. Yeah, and I, I honestly don't think the Monty Python troop would 
come after me for that anyway. They they're they're all pretty cool guys from what I hear. Not that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting any of them, but they they seem like the types not to not to get crazy over dumb things or homages, honestly, over flattery. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's flattery. It is lots of flattery. Yeah, but I and I would I would say that and Jeeve was. Like like you said, he's appeared in many other games. But when I reread the book, I really I love Jeeve, and I love writing him in the sequel too. Jeeve is Jeeve is the bomb. He is the bomb. He's the bomb. You're gonna love him more when you read the sequel. He's like, yeah, yeah. Are you talking about that in your next podcast? Maybe okay. I don't know. Just I'll figure that out. I need mm-hmm. to. I need to. Maybe maybe my next podcast will be character studies. Cool. I need I need to figure that out. I'll I'll write like a napkin sized outline and get back to you. Oh. <laughs> there, there it is with the napkin. Napkin sized. I did actually write an outline on a napkin. On. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. um my second novel. That's uh that's where the outline ended wrote up. The entire thing on a napkin. I did. I was I was at a Starbucks having coffee and I was like, I'm gonna write this book. And then I sat there and I only had a napkin. I didn't have any paper with me. And I always have a pen in my purse because I have like mom purse. So just like I'm not a mom, but I have mom purse. Yeah. And and I just yeah. I can attest to that. <laughs> and I just like Hollis, I cut my hand open and it's bleeding everywhere. And she's like, Oh look, I have the biggest have- first aid kit. Just pull it out like Hermione Granger. It's yeah, fine. That's, that's fine. I got I've got band-aids and Neosporin. We got this. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. I also have a sewing kit. You need stitches. I mm-hmm. can do this. Dental floss. Mm-hmm. Everything. It's just in the tiny little mom purse. I think that's it. I feel like we've jabbered probably enough. How do you feel? I feel good. Okay, good. Would you listen to this podcast, Ashley? Would you? Uh, Yeah, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. (laughs) I hope that you will come back and see us. I am going to be posting bi-weekly. So I haven't decided exactly what day I'm posting yet. I'm going to find out when the edits come back, but yes, uh, whatever, whatever day this podcast was posted of the week, I'll post another one bi-weekly, so twice a month on the same day of the week. Well, thanks for having me, Hollis. (laughs) Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. The end? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.